0: Behind the Knife, the surgery podcast. Relevant and engaging content designed to help you dominate the day.
1: Hello, BTK listeners. This is Patrick. I've got Kevin, Jason, and John here with me, and we are thrilled to introduce the Behind the Knife's premium general surgery oral board review. Today, you'll hear a sample scenario from this comprehensive audio review course which includes 92 scenarios that meticulously cover 115 score core topics. The course has an exciting and entirely unique format. Each of the 92 scenarios includes two parts. The first part is a perfectly executed oral board scenario that mimics the real thing. Scenarios are five to seven minutes long and include a variety of tactics and styles. If you're able to achieve this level of performance in your preparation, you are sure to pass the oral exam with flying colors. The second part introduces high-yield commentary to each scenario. This commentary includes tips and tricks to help you dominate the most challenging scenarios in addition to practical, easy-to-understand teaching that covers the most confusing topics that we face as general surgeons. We are confident you will find this unique, dual-format approach a highly effective way to prepare for the test. So, why did we take this on? Well, we simply
2: were not happy with the other oral board prep courses out there. First off, they're ridiculously expensive. No one should have to pay that much. Second, their content is subpar and out of date so we took matters into our own hands. This oral board review course was designed to not only outperform the competitors, but also save you hundreds of dollars. You should also know that revenue generated from this course will be put right back into Behind the Knife to support creation of more awesome content. It's a win-win for everyone involved. To learn more about Behind the Knife's premium general surgery
0: oral board review, visit www.behindthenife.org and click on the Premium tab. You can access additional oral board review material, including a 10-part review series and supplementary mock oral board scenarios by clicking Listen, Series, and then Oral Boards, or by simply searching Oral Boards. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for our newsletter, register for a free Category 1 CME, and even purchase some merchandise. For regular updates, follow us on Twitter at Behind the Knife and Instagram at Behind the Knife Podcast. We hope you enjoy this episode.
1: All right, with that, let's get started with Part A, a perfectly executed oral board scenario that mimics the real thing. Behind the Knife
0: Premium Scenario number 50, thyroid nodule, developed by Hunter Underwood and David Hughes, read by examiner John McClellan and examinee Jason Bingham. A six-year-old male is referred to your office by a primary care physician after a two-centimeter left thyroid nodule is detected on screening carotid artery duplex that was otherwise normal. How would you like to proceed?
2: I would, of course, start with a comprehensive history and physical exam. Uh, I would ask if the patient has ever noticed this nodule before. I want to know if there is any compressive symptoms the patient has noticed, such as tightness in the neck, difficulty breathing, difficulty swallowing, or a globus sensation, I would ask about symptoms of hyperthyroidism, including palpitations, uh, tremulousness, or weight loss. I would ask if there was a family history of thyroid cancer or exposure to radiation. I would also want to know if he had ever had any previous neck operations. I would ask about his complete medical and surgical history, including medications, and perform a focused physical exam If see if I was able to palpate the nodule or if, if there was any associated lymphadenopathy in the central or lateral neck.
0: The patient says he has no symptoms and didn't know the nodule was there. He has no symptoms of hyperthyroidism. He has no family history of thyroid cancer or personal history of radiation exposure. He has never had any surgeries. His medical problems include hypertension and hyperlipidemia, for which he takes amlodipine and atorvastatin. His physical exam is normal. You are unable to palpate the nodule and there is no associated lymphadenopathy. What would you do next?
2: I would explain to the patient that thyroid nodules are very common. However, I'd want to do a few more tests to rule out that the nodule isn't concerning for malignancy and that the nodule is non-functional. I'd start with a dedicated thyroid ultrasound and a TSH level. His THH
0: comes back within normal range. What characteristics are you looking for on Ultrasound.
2: So I'd be looking at the overall size of the nodule in addition to concerning features for cancer such as irregular borders, taller than wide, microcalcifications, hypoechogenicity, and peripheral vascularity. I also want to know if there's any abnormal cervical lymph nodes that are suspicious for malignancy.
0: Okay. The ultrasound shows a solid hypo, hypoechoic nodule in the left lobe of the thyroid measuring 2.5 by 2.4 by 2.2 centimeters. There are no microcalcifications or border irregularities. The right thyroid lobe looks completely normal without nodules. The radiologist classifies the nodule as intermediate suspicion for malignancy.
2: Okay. Well, given the size and the intermediate suspicion for malignancy, I would recommend the patient undergo final aspiration of the nodule to aid in the diagnosis. How would you perform the FNA? Ideally, I'd have my radiology colleague perform this. However, um, if they're unable, uh, the critical steps, as I understand them, would be using an ultrasound to locate the nodule and then anesthetize the skin over the needle trajectory. Um, Under ultrasound guidance, I would perform multiple passes within within the nodule using a 25-gauge needle. I would ask for cytopathology to be on-site to confirm uh, sample adequacy.
0: You perform the biopsy, which the patient tolerates well. The pathology comes back two days later and reveals atypia of undetermined significance, or Bethesda 3. The patient
2: calls your office to discuss next steps. So I would explain to the patient that this nodule falls into a category known as indeterminate thyroid nodules, and we cannot say for sure if the nodule is malignant. I'd recommend that he either undergoes repeat FNA with molecular testing or that we proceed with diagnostic thyroid lobectomy for a definitive diagnosis. He would prefer to avoid surgery if possible,
0: so he would prefer to go undergo go repeat biopsy with molecular testing in three months. Can you explain what specifically you'd be looking for with the molecular testing?
2: Yeah, there, there are multiple different molecular tests commercially available. However, the goal is to further risk stratify the nodule. Uh, a positive molecular test, which increases the chance of the nodule being malignant, in which case I would recommend a thyroid lectomic, lobectomy. A negative molecular test makes the chance of malignancy near the same as a benign biopsy result, and I would recommend that we continue to watch the nodule with serial ultrasounds.
0: Okay, so he gets a repeat biopsy in three months. That reveals a Bethesda 3 again. The molecular testing is sent and is suspicious for malignancy with a risk of cancer around 50%
2: okay so i mean given his molecular testing is positive my recommendation would be for diagnostic lobectomy um and explain that he has because of this he has a higher you know chance of cancer
0: okay the patient wants to know if he should have his entire thyroid out since there now is an increased concern
2: that this is uh, this is thyroid cancer i would explain uh that even if this is thyroid cancer it would be low risk given a small size the lack of extrathyroidal expression, and the lack of lymph node metastasis on the ultrasound. Additionally, even if the nodule does turn out to be cancer, it would likely not require a completion thyroidectomy. It would not require radioactive uh, iodine treatment. I would explain to the patient that if we encountered extrathyroidal extension or central neck lymph node metastasis in the operating room, I would then convert the procedure to a total thyroidectomy.
0: Okay. The patient agrees. How can you describe a, what do we do in the operating
2: room? Uh, Absolutely. So uh, the patient would be supplying an operating room table with the arms tucked and the neck gently extended. Um, And I'd I'd intubate him or I'd have him intubated with a uh, endotracheal tube that has recurrent laryngeal nerve monitoring. Uh, I'd make a collar incision, raise subplatysmal flaps, open the midline raffae and retract the strap muscles to gain access to the thyroid gland. Start on the side of the thyroid nodule, retract the thyroid medially, and develop the plane between the thyroid and the prevertebral fascia. I'd ligate the middle thyroid vein, mobilize the upper and lower poles of the thyroid gland, and take the vessels with an energy vise. I would preserve the parathyroid glands on their vascular pedicles. Um, I would identify the recurrent laryngeal nerve, typically in the TE groove, and complete the thyroid mobilization by taking the ligament of Berry. I would then divide the thyroid just lateral to the edge of the isthmus. Uh, I would confirm hemostasis and then close my incision.
0: The patient tolerates the procedure well. He is discharged home the same day. He represents back to the office to discuss the pathology results, which revealed a classical papillary thyroid cancer that measures 2.2 centimeters and no extra thyroid extension and no positive lymph nodes. How would you
2: proceed? So I would recommend no further additional treatment other than an ultrasound at six months and then annually to continue to monitor for recurrence in the lymph nodes. I would also recommend checking his TSH at six weeks postoperatively to ensure he did not need uh, thyroid
1: hormone supplementation. Okay, thank you. Be sure to listen to Part B for high-yield commentary and other tips and tricks. Now, you'll hear part B, which includes high-yield commentary interspersed throughout the scenario. Behind the Knife Premium
0: Scenario number 50, thyroid nodule, developed by Hunter Underwood and David Hughes, read by examiner John McClellan and examinee Jason Bingham. A six-year-old male is referred to your office by a primary care physician after a two-centimeter left thyroid nodule is detected on screening carotid artery duplex that was otherwise normal. How would you like to proceed?
2: I would, of course, start with a comprehensive history and physical exam. Uh, I would ask if the patient has ever noticed this nodule before. I want to know if there is any compressive symptoms uh, the patient has noticed, such as tightness in the neck, difficulty breathing, difficulty swallowing, or a globus sensation. I would ask about symptoms of hyperthyroidism, including palpitations, uh, tremulousness, or weight loss. I would ask if there was a family history of thyroid cancer or exposure to radiation. I would also want to know if he had ever had any previous neck operations. I would ask about his complete medical and surgical history, including medications, and perform a focused physical exam If see if I was able to palpate the nodule or if, if there was any associated lymphadenopathy in the central or lateral neck.
0: Thyroid nodules are extremely common and only about 5% are malignant. The history should focus on the presence of compressive symptoms, signs of hyperthyroidism, and a family history of thyroid cancer. The presence of compressive symptoms can be an indication for surgery alone. However, biopsy of a large nodule is important to rule out cancer, as this may have implications regarding the extent of surgery. The patient says he has no symptoms and didn't know the nodule was there. He has no symptoms of hyperthyroidism. He has no family history of thyroid cancer or personal history of radiation exposure. He has never had any surgeries. His medical problems include hypertension and hyperlipidemia, for which he takes amlodipine and atorvastatin. His physical exam is normal. You're unable to palpate the nodule and there's no associated lymphadenopathy. What would you do next?
2: I would explain to the patient that thyroid nodules are very common. However, I'd want to do a few more tests to rule out that the nodule isn't concerning for malignancy and that the nodule is non-functional. I'd start with a dedicated thyroid ultrasound and a TSH level.
0: In general, FNA is not recommended for nodules less than one centimeter or those with benign ultrasound characteristics such as completely cystic nodules. Hypoecogenicity, microcalcifications, irregular borders, peripheral vascularity, and taller than wider morphology are concerning for malignancy and warrant FNA biopsy. His DHH comes back within normal range. What characteristics are you looking for on ultrasound?
2: So I'd be looking at the overall size of the nodule in addition to concerning features for cancer such as irregular borders, taller than wide, microcalcifications, hypoechogenicity, and peripheral vascularity. I also want to know if there's any abnormal cervical lymph nodes that are suspicious for malignancy.
0: Okay. The ultrasound serves a solid hypoechoic nodule in the left lobe of the thyroid measuring 2.5 by 2.4 by 2.2 centimeters. There are no microcalcifications or border irregularities. The right thyroid lobe looks completely normal without nodules. The radiologist classifies the nodule as intermediate suspicion for
2: malignancy. Okay. Well, given the size and the in- intermediate suspicion for malignancy, I would recommend the patient undergo final aspiration of the nodule to aid in the diagnosis. How would you perform the FNA? Ideally, I'd have my radiology colleague perform this. However, um, if they're unable, uh, the critical steps, as I understand them, would be using an ultrasound to locate the nodule and then anesthetize the skin over the needle trajectory. Um, Under ultrasound guidance, I would perform multiple passes within within the nodule using a 25-gauge needle. I would ask for cytopathology to be on-site to confirm uh, sample adequacy. You
0: perform the biopsy, which the patient tolerates well. The pathology comes back two days later and reveals atypia of undetermined significance, or Bethesda 3. The patient calls your office to discuss next steps. Understanding the Bethesda classification system of thyroid FNA biopsy is critical. The presence of cytopathology at the time of biopsy can decrease the rates of non-diagnostic biopsy. Bethesda 2, benign, results in asymptomatic non-functional thyroid nodule, should be followed with interval thyroid ultrasound, to ensure there's no significant growth. Bethesda 2 nodules that are causing compressive symptoms should be recommended for thyroidectomy. Approximately 25% of all biopsies come back as Bethesda 3 or 4, which are considered indeterminate thyroid nodules. The chance of these nodules being malignant is around 15% and around 40% respectively. Bethesda 5 and
2: 6 nodules are generally treated as positive for malignancy. So I would explain to the patient that this nodule falls into a category known as indeterminate thyroid nodules, and we cannot say for sure if the nodule is malignant. I'd recommend that he either undergoes repeat FNA with molecular testing or that we proceed with diagnostic thyroid lobectomy for a definitive diagnosis.
0: Indeterminate thyroid nodules are difficult to manage. Historically, thyroid lobectomy is recommended for these nodules. However, approximately three-quarter of a patient ultimately did not have thyroid cancer on final pathology. Contemporary management involves utilization of molecular testing. This can get quite specific, but in general, a positive molecular test increases the risk of cancer, whereas a negative molecular test decreases the risk of cancer to 5%. I would avoid discussing the specifics with the examiner. If molecular testing is not available, it is still reasonable to proceed with lobectomy. Be wary of responding. I would send the lobectomy for frozen section, and if positive, perform a total thyroidectomy. Remember that the total thyroidectomy is not necessarily indicated in all thyroid cancers and that the diagnostic utility of a frozen section for thyroid cancer, especially in follicular lesions, is limited. With current guidelines moving to thyrolobectomy as adequate treatment of low-risk thyroid cancer, performing a diagnostic lobectomy for indeterminate thyroid nodules without frozen section is a good option since even if malignancy is noted on final pathology, it is usually adequately treated with lobectomy. He would prefer to avoid surgery if possible, so he would prefer to go undergo go repeat biopsy with molecular testing in three months. Can you explain what specifically you'd be looking for with the molecular testing?
2: Yeah, there there are multiple different molecular tests commercially available. However, the goal is to further risk stratify the nodule. Uh, a positive molecular test, which increases the chance of the nodule being malignant, in which case I would recommend a thyroid electomy, lobectomy. A negative molecular test makes the chance of malignancy near the same as a benign biopsy results, and I would recommend that we continue to watch the nodule with serial ultrasounds.
0: Okay, so he gets a repeat biopsy in three months. That reveals a Bethesda 3 again. The molecular testing is sent and is suspicious for
2: malignancy with a risk of cancer around 50%. Okay. So, I mean, given his molecular testing is positive, my recommendation would be for diagnostic lobectomy um, and explain that he has, because of this, he has a higher, you know, chance of cancer.
0: Okay. The patient wants to know if he should have his entire thyroid out since there now is an increased concern that this
2: is, uh, this is thyroid cancer. I would explain uh, that even if this is thyroid cancer, it would be low risk given his small size the lack of extrathyroidal expression, and the lack of lymph node metastasis on the ultrasound. Additionally, even if the nodule does turn out to be cancer, it would likely not require completion thyroidectomy. It would not require radioactive uh, iodine treatment. I would explain to the patient that if we encountered extrathyroidal extension or central neck lymph node metastasis in the operating room, I would then convert the procedure to a total thyroidectomy.
0: Okay, the patient agrees. How can you describe a, what do we do in the operating room?
2: Uh, absolutely. So uh, the patient would be supplying on the operating room table with the arms tucked and the neck gently extended. Um, and I'd, I'd intubate him, or I'd have him intubated with a uh, endotracheal tube that has recurrent laryngeal nerve monitoring. Uh, I'd make a collar incision, raise subplatysmal flaps, open the midline rafe, and retract the strap muscles to gain access to the thyroid gland. Start on the side of the thyroid nodule, retract the thyroid medially, and develop the plane between the thyroid and the prevertebral fascia. I'd ligate the middle thyroid vein, mobilize the upper and lower poles of the thyroid gland, and take the vessels with an energy vise. I would preserve the parathyroid glands on their vascular pedicles. Um, I would identify the recurrent laryngeal nerve, typically in the TE groove, and complete the thyroid mobilization by taking the ligament of Berry. I would then divide the thyroid just lateral to the edge of the isthmus. Uh, I would confirm hemostasis and then close my incision.
0: The patient tolerates the procedure well. He is discharged home the same day. He represents back to the office to discuss the pathology results, which revealed a classical papillary thyroid cancer that measures 2.2 centimeters and no extra thyroid extension and no positive lymph nodes. How would you proceed? The ATA risk stratification system is used to determine the risk of occurrence and whether radioactive iodine may be indicated. Radioactive iodine is not typically re- recommended for low-risk tumors. Approximately 20% of patients will still require thyroid hormone supplementation after lobectomy. Thus, checking thyroid function tests at six weeks after surgery is important to prevent untreated postoperative hypothyroidism.
2: So I would recommend no further additional treatment other than an ultrasound of six months and then annually to continue to monitor for recurrence in the lymph nodes. I would also recommend checking a TSH at six weeks postoperatively to ensure he did not need uh, thyroid hormone supplementation.
0: Okay. Thank you.
1: Thank you for listening to Behind the Knife Premium Oral Board Review. Dominate the day.